Welcome to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in. We pray that the following message will help you connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and others. If you have your Bibles, just quickly, I know we're uh, pressed for time here, but I just want to uh, bring uh, four points quickly to our graduates this morning. The, the, the title for our sermon is the Disciples' Graduation Day. You, you may look at that title and say, wait a minute, Jason, the disciples did not have a graduation day. Well, that is true. They didn't graduate, you know, from a, a high school or college, but we're going to look at quickly how they did graduate from learning from the greatest teacher there is, and that is Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 1, verses and we're going to look at verses 9 through 11. And so the first point I want to uh, look at here is the disciples had a lot of things going on. They were, were about to, to look at, they have just saw Jesus be crucified and put on, on, on a cross. They had to wait and, and wondering if he was really going to do what he said he was and, and, and rise on the third day. And, and, and they saw that. And then they got to spend some time with him. And now we're at the point of where he's getting ready to ascend it back into heaven. And he's giving these disciples some last few words. It's almost like the, the wise words that a, a teacher or, or grandparent or something it would give us today as we as high school graduates and even college graduates, as we embark on this new journey into our lives. And so the first thing I want to point out to you graduates is the disciples had to wait for what was next. And you may be asking, what do you mean they had to wait for what was next? Jesus left them. And they had no clue of what was going to, to happen next. And so they had to wait looking here in uh, verse 9 through 11 of, of, of Acts chapter 1, it says this quickly. It says, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. The scriptures paint the picture of the disciples actually watching Jesus ascend up to heaven with their own eyes. It's just like Miss Renee was saying to the kids. It's like when you have a balloon. You remember having a balloon when you was a kid and, 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 and you do, you let it go or you've done something else and, it go, and you just continue to sit back and watch it ascend. And it continues to go and then go. And that's how it was when the disciples were watching them. And then they're there. They're like, what do we do next? Many of you graduates are thinking, what do I do next? Well, some of you are, will be headed into the, the workforce. Some of you will be going to college. College graduates, for the ones, you'll be starting new jobs. And hopefully you won't be constantly waiting for a job. But you may have to. And so just like with these disciples, you've got to wait for what's next. Verse 11 says, men of Galilee, they said, 
And these are the men that showed up to him and said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And so they're waiting for the next step. And through that, they come to this conclusion. They start thinking, and I'm sure the word doesn't say that, but I'm sure once he ascended, they started thinking of all the times they spent with him because they spent some three, three and a half years with him. Graduates, you've spent four years of high school, and, and you've had high school classes. Some of you were dual enrolled and took college classes. So there's a lot of information that when you go into your next stage of life that you can draw from, whether it be classes or things learned from parents, grandparents, friends. And so they realize that Jesus has empowered them, or Jesus has empowered you to proclaim him wherever you go. Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You're about to embark on a new adventure. You're going to go to college, wherever that may be. But realize that Jesus has empowered you. When you have accepted him as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came upon you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside you and can guide you and direct you in your lives. But you have to be willing to allow him to do that. And so wherever it may be that you're going, you can replace this with, you know, you go to Palmetto or you may be Athens for the ones that are going to the University of Georgia. You go to the, to the state of Georgia, and then you can carry it through the U.S., and you can carry it throughout the world like many are doing today, which moves us to the next thing. You sometimes have to wait for what is next. And then while you're waiting, you have to realize as you're waiting and searching God out and searching the, thing, the next things in your life out that he has empowered you to do the things that you're wanting to go and do. But one thing that is critical is prayer. That's the third point here. Prayer is critical to discovering what is next. Acts chapter 1 verses 12 through 14 says this. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. They were waiting what was next. They constantly, patiently waited. And then through that, they had to start thinking about, like, well, Jesus said he would, would do this and this for our lives. He said he was this, and they've got to see him do the many things that he'd done of healing people, being resurrected from the dead. And so we have to understand that prayer is critical for what's next, because many of you are going into these next steps of your life, and you're going to hit a point that's like, what do I do now? And I'm telling you, this is the same way that you can communicate with your friends, the same way you communicate with your parents. Our Heavenly Father wants you to communicate with Him. He wants to direct you. He wants to show you and guide you in your lives. Isaiah 58, 11 says this. It says, the Lord will guide you continually giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. Matthew 10, 39 says this. I've used the Gene Peterson's, Gene Peterson's uh, message 
you know, it paraphrases this, and I like how he says this. He says, if you first concern, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you will never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Graduates, people here today, this is the best way I've seen this done because a lot of us go through life doing things and searching for things just for ourselves. And we leave God out of it. And if you want to be productive, if you want to be successful in your life, you have to include the main ingredient, which is Jesus Christ. And build your life and your foundation from now until the end of the time, whether he comes back or you pass away, on him. Because when you do, not only will you find yourself and who he has created you to be, but you will also discover who he is. And it leads us to our last point. A lot of you are going to be moving away from home. And you're going to be leaving what you know that is good. You're going to be leaving what is good here. A community of believers here at PBC. So I encourage you to go and find, point four, you need to find a community of believers, wherever that may be. Because the reason I say this, the disciples were faced with a lot of things in their life. A new chapter in their life was being started because Jesus was no longer with them. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in their homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. After Jesus ascended, he told them, he said, I'm going away. I'm going to go to prepare a place where I'm not leaving you. I'm going to give you the, the helper, the comforter. And, and, they, and then they go back to the upper room and they're praying constantly. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And then they are able to add to the multitude. Uh, me, a uh, lot was come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And what we know is the New Testament church was formed. That early community of believers. And we see that they've done things that helped add to their numbers and help them. And that's what I encourage you to do. Because when you go off to college, you go off to start this new life, whether it be at the workforce or whatever it may be, you're going to be faced with a lot of things that may test your faith. And if you do not have a firm foundation, there's a lot of people that can deter you. I'm telling you, especially when you go to college, there's going to be teachers there that do not believe the same way you do. And it's going to throw your curveball. And the only way to fight it is to look to him to be that firm foundation. Pray to him constantly and seek others that believe the same way you do. To help you, to guide you, to give you encouragement. And so I'll leave you with this. I gave you four points quickly that, of how what we have learned from the disciples on their graduation day. But on your graduation day, or for some of you that have already graduated, it comes to a choice of whether or not you want to allow Christ to be that firm foundation, that thing that you desire more than anything to guide you. I can't do it for you. Your parents cannot do it for you. Only you, through Jesus Christ, can do it. 
And so I'll leave you with that challenge. Allow him to be number one in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these graduates as we get ready to this see what you have in store for them in the next chapter of their lives. And so, Father, I pray for them. I pray you guide them, you direct them, you give them strength, you give them clarity, and you allow them to know who they are in you. And now, Father, we move as we are in this time of invitation. Father, I pray for someone within the service as we, that has, you've been working on, talking to. I pray, Lord, that they'll come to know your Son as Lord and Savior today. They could be set free from the bondages of sin. I thank you for everything you do, Father. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.